Hello, and welcome back to the Mindful and Messy podcast with me, Michaeli Mbobo. Today, we get really real and really vulnerable because we're talking about perfectionism. More specifically, perfectionism as a trauma response and the ways it's affected my life. So grab your emotional support beverage of choice and let's take this deep dive together. To be clear, wanting things to be perfect or good in and of itself is not necessarily a negative thing. It's healthy to have high personal standards, to challenge yourself, to achieve excellent and, you know, create order and structure in your life. Today, I'll be talking about the negative side effects of perfectionism and how they're related to trauma. So what is this perfectionism? The American Psychological Association defines it as the tendency to demand of others or of oneself an extremely high or even flawless level of performance in excess of what is required by the situation. It is associated with depression, anxiety, eating disorders, and other mental health problems. So perfectionism as a trauma response to childhood neglect and abuse. Now, when you're a child experiencing trauma or abuse, you know that something is wrong, but you can't figure out what or how. So you look to the grown-ups and trusted people around you And when they're reflecting back that things are fine and you are in fact the person causing problems, it's confusing and damaging to a young psyche. In the absence of any proof to the contrary or understanding of the dynamics around you, you end up finding fault in yourself. This situation has gone bad because I am bad. My parents are upset because I am bad. The other kids pick on me because I am bad. And I feel bad because I am bad. Now, all these years later, I see how my experiences of abuse and emotional neglect in childhood led me, an already sensitive child, to being more neurotic and introverted. I had to be strong and smart and quiet and kind and everything under the sun because deep down, I wanted to prove I wasn't the bad seed I was being treated like I was. I exhausted myself performing goodness, kindness, and agreeableness because I wanted to be liked, so desperately liked by other people, because the people who were supposed to provide that foundational confidence and self-assurance for me had failed me. You know, you think I have to maintain this perfection because how I'm treated and perceived is my responsibility. Bad treatment or bad perception is because of my failure to do what I need to do. What I know works, and that is being perfect. Of course, as a child, you don't understand that and can't articulate what your motivations are, but you feel the guilt and the shame all the same. And even worse, you're confused by these intense and overwhelming emotions your mind can't really comprehend or process. But you feel them in your body and they weigh you down. 
They pile up over the years. You suppress them with more performance, more rebellion, more avoidance, more achievement, more escapism until you feel like you're far enough from them that you can forget that they're there. The human subconscious is such a deep and powerful thing. How your sleeping fears and wounds can affect your waking life and you, the main character in all of this, are torturously unaware. We live in a capitalist culture that peddles perfection as a virtue. But it's a false virtue because it's not even perfection of any substance. It doesn't go deep. It doesn't interrogate, unpack or remedy anything. Its goal is not excellence or growth or even happiness necessarily, but consumption, fleeting pleasure, like a beautifully decorated cupcake layered with creams and candies and 24 karat gold leaf and then it's gone in two bites (laughs) the value is in the aesthetic the event but not necessarily the actual experience just the elements around it and what they say about you and how they make you feel about yourself we just like the look of perfection we don't care about the details of it underneath and when we attach ourselves to perfectionism We treat ourselves like a project and a commodity. We set up dysfunctional punishment and reward systems that we falsely believe keep us in check from losing complete control of our chaotic urges. After a while, they even start to feel normal and healthy. Meanwhile, they're eating away at your authentic self-exploration, self-compassion and growth. When you live with perfectionism for a long time, you start to lose your own internal system of judging what is good or bad, what you like or don't like. All of that internal affirmation and discernment becomes externalized and subject to other opinions and lukewarm influences. Your primary validation system becomes appreciation and acknowledgement of yourself via other people and other things. You spend all your time performing this version of you that you have no time left to live your authentic life. And often you're in denial about that. You've convinced yourself and everyone around you, it's really who you are. And on some level it is because it's the identity you've been living in for so long. You may have learned it as a coping mechanism then but now you don't know how to validate and affirm yourself outside of it because nobody ever taught you. So you spend the next 25 years of your life giving that power away to any and everyone because you don't trust your own judgment, because you doubt your own innate goodness. You end up distrusting your natural instincts You treat your intuition like a suspicious enemy waiting around the corner to foil your plans like some cartoon villain. (laughs) It's insane the amount of stress and trauma one can live through and absorb without any real understanding of the full long-term weight of those experiences. 
It's low-key terrifying. Looking back at my high-achieving slash overachieving phases and super, you know, active childhood, I'm sometimes not sure how much was genuine curiosity and creativity and how much was an escapist coping mechanism from the situation I was in. The eccentricity and rebellion would be obvious cries for help to me now. But I'm also grateful for those hobbies and pursuits that I was able to lose myself in. They taught me how to create a life outside of the one I needed to get away from. I learned to build my own sandcastles in the sky to get through the days. And my rich imagination was honestly my salvation into a better world. And that's another major downside of perfectionism. It limits your imagination. It narrows the possibilities you think you have in front of you. You're always in pursuit or in avoidance of a specific outcome. So you can't fully surrender yourself to the creative process of living. You have difficulty adapting and dealing with change because you've designed a static and predictable piece of the world that's safe and comfortable for you, but it's stagnant. It makes your life smaller and quieter than it needs to be. It's also not real. So you constantly come up against conflict because your behavior and your thoughts are out of whack with the reality of the situation. You're living in the past or in the future, but never in the present where your real life is happening. Instead, you're living in fear, trying to control everything around you because happiness is too much to hope for, so you'll settle for control. You know, I'm my most perfectionist when I'm under a lot of stress or dealing with life transitions. I'm constantly agitated and panicked because now I have to come up with a new plan. But I have first have to fully analyze this change and find a way to spin it into my perfectionist narrative and what that may mean for me, using all my energy, bypassing actual feeling and dealing with the experience and instead going into handle it and get it over and done with mode. When I get anxious, I'm even more locked in and focused on being perfect. Perfectionism as safety and stability. If I run the analysis of what needs to happen to feel safe and I draw up that plan, I already feel better because now I've given myself the illusion of control. So now the plan is there and I've deluded myself into thinking that's all there is to it. So if I follow the plan, then it should automatically mean everything will go all right and I'll get the desired result, right? Of course, intellectually, I know that's not true. So I procrastinate and distract myself to avoid the inevitable disappointing result that I've known about from the beginning. Cue upset, cue tears, cue more anxiety and cue more determination to get things right the next time. Ugh. These are the thoughts and patterns of an anxious, recovering perfectionist. <laughs> Thank you.
Let's talk about perfectionism as a defense and perfectionism as safety. There's a paralyzing kind of perfectionism that makes you a coward. You judge everything and everyone from the safety of your high and mighty throne where you don't dare attempt anything but can pick apart and analyze the failures and missteps of others. We all know people like this and probably have all been people like this at some point or another. The fear of failure is a big trap within perfectionism. You lie to yourself and say, well, I know I won't be able to execute it the way I want to right now, so let me just wait until I can. Or, well, I don't think I vibe with that group, so collaborating with them right now would just be too difficult. Or you somehow convince yourself that you don't even want that opportunity, that relationship, that support, and whatever it is that you are just too scared to be vulnerable to show up for. The traumatized mind in defense and survival mode is most concerned with staying away from any undesirable stimulation and attention. If I'm perfectly dressed, I get perfect marks at school, I excel at work, behave just how they want me to at home, then they'll have no choice but to leave me alone. No one will have any reason to say or do anything. Then I can get some peace and a break from feeling constantly attacked and picked apart. The belief is when you're perfect, you are insulated from the problems of the world. No one can harm you or reach you. No one will believe the worst of you. People will like you and you will like yourself, but only when you're perfect. So you must work hard at being perfect. It's okay if you have to sacrifice some things along the way because when you attain that perfection and when you reach that peak, it'll all have been worth it. And so we live on in a perfectionist society determined to breed insecurity and poke holes in our psyches about who we are and who we should be. A cruel irony crashed down on me in a therapy session a few years ago that the voices that had tormented me in my formative years with criticism and judgment had become the voices and phrase patterns of my own inner critic. It's insidious how those feelings of shame and limiting beliefs creep in and cover everything in your life. Feelings of unworthiness, low self-esteem, powerlessness, and like nothing you do is ever good enough. Perfectionism is a prison that locks you in with your own impossible standards and dysfunctional patterns. Pretty soon you see that you've organized your whole life around control and avoidance. It makes no room for real expression, real creativity or real connection. Perfectionism robs you of your right to decide who and what to be moment by moment as you see fit because you have a script and a schedule to follow. You've decided you are this and that person. You've packaged yourself into palatable little portions. And yet, after all your hard work and rigorous standards, you still feel small. You still wish you had done better. And the momentary gratification 
leaves you feeling even emptier than before. The beautiful trick of perfectionism is that it's an endless pursuit. You will never get there and if you do, you won't be there for long and if you are, you'll be worried when your time will be up and when it is, you'll worry about what to do next, who to be next. Because as long as you attach yourself to perfectionism and its impossible ideals, your humanity will suffer and you'll spend a lot of time and energy taking on personalities, jobs, relationships at things that just don't fulfill you. Attachment to perfectionism will always have you feeling insecure, feeling the need to prove a point or be some sort of example. And every time the perfect result you imagined so clearly in your mind isn't realized, it chips away at your confidence in yourself and this world you've created. Little by little, year by year, it separates you from the simple needs you have to feel loved, supported, capable and worthy. It puts distance between you and the things you love most, but most devastatingly, it disconnects you from yourself. Your life stops being about living with joy, expressing yourself, celebrating your achievements and loving the people around you. Instead, it becomes about keeping up and staying on point and treading water and sweeping things under the carpet. Always in action, striving and reaching for something because you can never just be satisfied and still. You can't get any peace. You have to do more be more, and figure out a way to keep this momentum going because now the standard is set and it must be maintained. You feel a flutter of excitement or is it adrenaline and stress hormones flooding your body? Who knows at this point? This better and perfect version of you that exists somewhere in your psychic ether that you judge and measure yourself against so harshly Deep down, you know it's not real. You don't even like them. But this is the reality you've built. This is all you know, and it's become automatic to classify and suppress and avoid feeling anything real. You work hard decorating the shiny veneer of the facade you've built, half out of fear, because you know it's a house of cards, and half out of ego, because you'll be damned if they catch you slipping. I still struggle. With perfectionism, this entire podcast process sometimes feels like a nightmare because I want every single detail of it to be perfect, but it obviously can't. So I'm learning to make room for magic. That's the space between what you do and what happens after. What you create and what people receive. I've learned it's more important to be genuine and sincere because that rings true in whatever format it's delivered in. It also frees you creatively because you speak and act from a place that isn't attached to the outcome, that isn't dependent on praise and validation. You do what you think is best and you trust that the decision you made is right for you and you keep it pushing. It's been so empowering to release control of wanting a specific outcome at a specific time for a specific audience and rather to just create 
and let the energy and intent behind the work reach people in the way that it chooses. Trauma forces us to learn the ways of survival. It foists upon us damage we didn't deserve. And how we cope with that can be the difference between losing ourselves completely or finding ourselves, possibly for the first time. Trauma responses are so complex and perfectionism is a big part of our modern culture. I wonder where that comes from on the macro level. We should ask ourselves how perfectionism adds or takes away from our lives. Where does it stem from? What purpose has it served in your life? Has it even served you well? When you free yourself from the shackles of perfectionism, you open yourself up to endless avenues of opportunity and growth to create a life you enjoy living. Not the life in your future when you've completely healed or when the dreams on your vision board come true. Not the life you'll have when you lose weight or get that job or find that relationship. The life in front of you right now. The life that is beautiful and whole as it is if only you would actually pay attention to it and cherish it and nurture it. When you free yourself from the need to be perfect and good all the time, you're trusting yourself to live your life authentically and productively. You're affirming to yourself that I trust you to be whatever you want to be. I'm here for you and I love you no matter what you decide to do. Can you imagine that kind of safety and stability within yourself? What would it feel like to be secure in your flaws, safe in your confusion? What would it feel like to have critical thoughts creep up and offer them compassion instead of judgment? What would it feel like to not have to make yourself small or self-sacrifice or numb in order to survive, in order to feel loved? What would it look like to show up in your vulnerability and truth as an imperfect person who's still worthy, still lovable and still strong? We pick up a lot of lessons throughout our lives. Many of them we should keep and some we should definitely throw out. Every now and then an audit is due of what's working for us and why and what isn't and how that can be improved. So that's my whole business spilled out on the airwaves for the whole world to hear. Yikes. <laughs> but as always, please comment, voice message, and let us know what you thought of this episode and what your experiences with perfectionism have been. But till next time, bye for now. Catch the Mindful and Messy podcast on Anchor FM, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Also find us on SoundCloud and YouTube where you can download episodes and listen later offline. Please subscribe. We'd love to know what you think about the show, so please like, follow, and engage with us on social media at Mindful Messy Pod on Twitter and Facebook. Keep up with us for more info on upcoming episodes, special guests, and exclusive podcast content.